0: Did Moses Marry a Black Woman? By Pastor Dan Gaiman Multiculturalism and the drive for racial diversity have pushed millions of professing Christians to make the Bible politically correct. Accordingly, they are leaving no stone unturned in their effort to make the Holy Bible a rainbow coalition of integrated races and a comfort zone for interracial marriage. New editions of the Bible are being printed to display this racial diversity and separate us from the truth of Scripture and history. We live in an age of historical revisionism, and tens of millions of professing Christians are living in deception regarding the racial truths of the Bible and their own heritage. It should occasion no surprise to find that most Christians in the 21st century believe that Moses married a black woman. Thousands of practicing Christians use this precedent as a prima facie evidence to support or endorse interracial marriage. If Moses, the great lawgiver, married outside of his race, surely there is no biblical stigmatism attached to the idea of interracial mixing in marriage. However, few consider that no benefit will accrue to either the Caucasian or the Negroid race by perpetuating the myth that Moses, a Caucasian Israelite of the race of Adam, married a woman descended from Negroid stock. Both the Caucasian and Negroid races will be well served to know that Moses did not marry a Negroid woman. From Numbers 12 verse 1 records this fact. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. In an effort to assuage their jealousy toward Moses and seek a greater share in his power, influence, and communion with Jehovah, Aaron and Miriam had raised questions about the woman Moses married. This concern was a veiled attempt to remove some power from Moses and gain some influence for themselves. Contemporary students of the Bible can look up the present land of Ethiopia in a world atlas and observe that it is wedged between the Sudan and Somalia. Since its majority population is Negroid, they assume, upon reading Numbers 12 verse 1, that Moses must have married a black woman. Driving this racial anchor into the ground of Numbers 12.1, they believe scripture supports the idea of interracial mixing and marriage. It is sometimes difficult to dislodge them from the basic premise of believing that Ethiopia of today must be the very same of Ethiopia of 35 centuries ago. It is probably true that for those who believe Moses married a black woman, no proofs can ever persuade them to believe differently. However, for those honest seekers of truth, the following information will be supplied. Not for proving that Moses did not marry outside his race, because many Christians already believe and know that he did not marry a black woman. Rather, the following information is supplied to the end that those who perpetuate this lie from the pulpit and the pew can at least be witnessed to so that when they justify interracial marriage by defaming the name of Moses, they can be exposed for their biblical and historical falsehood. The Bible confirms that Moses married only one woman, Zipporah, as confirmed in Exodus 2, verse 21. She was one of the seven daughters belonging to Ruel, or Jethro, as he is called in Exodus 3, verse 1. Ruel is said to be a priest of Midian in Exodus 2:16 and 3, verse 1. Ruel, or Jethro, was a chieftain among his people and exercised priestly duties and functions in much the same manner as Melchizedek, from Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 and 19. The high status of Ruel as a priest is emphasized in Exodus 18, verse 12, when he appeared at the encampment of the Israelites and in the company of Moses, Aaron, and the elders of Israel, as they offered burnt sacrifices before the God of Israel. Exodus 18, verse 9 through 10, records how Jethro reacted when he arrived into the camp of the Israelites, and rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of Pharaoh. As a priestly chieftain in Midian, Jethro was descended from Abraham through Midian, the fourth son born to Keturah. In Genesis 25 verse 2. This is confirmed by Bollinger in the companion Bible notes on Exodus 18. In page 98, Jethro, probably a descendant of Abraham by Keturah, and not, therefore, an idolater. Jethro was a believer in Jehovah, the one true and ever-living God. Unlike most others in the nations of that day, he did not worship idols. The priestly significance of Scripture gives Jethro, priest of Midian, warrants careful consideration. He was welcomed into the camp of Israel and was accorded equal status with Moses, Aaron, and the elders of Israel. The Israelite priesthood had vacated the altar, so their honored guest, the priest of Midian, officiated at the altar of Jehovah. Racially, Jethro was a Caucasian, by tribe, he was apparently a Midianite. By geography, he lived within the boundaries of the extensive Ethiopian or Cushite nation. That Zipporah was anything less than pure Caucasian stock descended from Midian is unthinkable. This forces a return to Numbers 12 verse 1 for another look at Zipporah. The word Ethiopian appears twice in Numbers 12 verse 1. And is translated from the Hebrew root word Cushi from number three five six eight, a Cushite or descendant of Cush, Cushi, Cushite, Ethiopian. The Hebrew root word number three five six eight is Cush or Cush or Ethiopia, the name of a son of Ham and of his territory, Cush, Ethiopia. Strong's Exhaustive Concordance to the AKJV Bible. The root word in Hebrew for Cush and Ethiopia is one and the same. It has been commonly believed that Ethiopia, as a geographical area, has from ancient times been the homeland of Negroes, and that Ethiopians are therefore black. This is false. Consider the following information supplied by John D. Baldwin. AM in his historical book Prehistoric Nations, or Inquiries Concerning Some of the Great Peoples and Civilizations of Antiquity, and their probably relation to a still older civilization of the Ethiopians or Kushites of Arabia. In New York, Harper and Brothers Publishers, Franklin Square, eighteen sixty nine. From his book Arabia was the ancient Ethiopia. In early traditions and literary records of the Greeks, Arabia is described as Ethiopia, and this name was applied to other regions occupied or controlled by the Arabian Kushites. In modern times, it has commonly been assumed, without proper inquiry, that the Ethiopians were, of course, Africans. This grave mistake has been the source of much misunderstanding and confusion. Another fruitful source of misapprehension, is that notable exercise in etymology, which derives the word Ethiopia from the Greek, and makes it a designation for all the dark-colored races of Africa. Careful students of antiquity now point that the people of Ethiopia seem to have been of the Caucasian race, from page 57 and 58. Mr. Baldwin continues his historical evaluation on Ethiopia by saying, Arabia was the original Ethiopia, or land of Cush. The countries on the upper Nile were called Ethiopia because they were at first colonies or dependent provinces of ancient Arabia. That the Hebrew scriptures constantly designate Arabia as Cush or Ethiopia will not be questioned by any Hebrew scholar, and the name Kush, when so applied in scripture, belongs uniformly, not to the African, but to the Asiatic Ethiopia or Arabia. In the early traditions and writings of the Greeks, this name Ethiopia seldom refers to any region in Africa. I assert that the ancient Greeks in the same way as they classed all the northern nations with which they were familiar as Scythians, etc., so I affirm they designated as Ethiopia the whole of the southern countries toward the ocean. From pages 58 and 60 of Baldwin's book. Students of the Bible will quickly ascertain that in Genesis 10, the Table of Nations chapter, the Caucasian descendants of Ham, including Cush and his son Nimrod, founded their civilization in Babel, Erech, Akkad, Kalna, and the land of Shinar. This Cushite kingdom absorbed most of Arabia and established colonies in the areas south of Egypt, now occupied by Sudan and modern Ethiopia. The Bible clearly places Cush and his son Nimrod as the first and primary builders of nations. In view of this fact, it's little wonder that on pages 66 and 67 of his work, Baldwin makes this statement. It would be unreasonable, in my view, to deny or doubt that in ages farther back in the past than the beginning of any old nation mentioned in our ancient histories, Arabia was the seat of a great and influential civilization. It is now admitted that a people of the Kushite, or Ethiopian race, sometimes called Hamites, were the first civilizers and builders throughout Western Asia, and they are traced by remains of their language, their architecture, and their influence of their civilization on both shores of the Mediterranean in eastern Africa and the Nile Valley, in Hindustan and in the islands of the Indian Seas. In ancient times, two distinct people populated Arabia, Firstly, the old Cushite or Ethiopian race, Caucasians, descended from Ham and his posterity, Cushites or Ethiopians. And secondly, the Arabian people descended from Ishmael. The Arabian Ishmaelites, Caucasians, had their origins in Abraham, as Genesis 16 confirms. In the beginning, both the Cushites, Ethiopians, and the Arabians, Ishmaelites, were Caucasian stock. But modern Ethiopians and Ishmaelites show the results of interracial mixing with Africans. Baldwin speaks profusely of the archaeological evidence of Caucasian presence in all of Arabia and throughout Central Asia in the dawn of history. Stone monuments on the Order of Stonehenge have been unearthed in Arabia. Baldwin declares on page 89 of his work, It is now beyond question that the Kushite tongue found in the Chaldean ruins and traced throughout Western Asia was the ancient land of Arabia. In the late 19th century, Alexander Winchell, professor of geology and paleontology at the University of Michigan, supplied further confirmation that Zipporah was not Negroid, but Caucasian. In his book, Pre-Adamites, or a demonstration of the existence of men before Adam. S.C. Griggs & Co., London, 1880. Professor Winchell makes the following comment about Numbers 12, verse 1, on page 91 and 92 of his book. In Numbers 12, verse 1, the wife of Moses is denominated a kusit, or kushin, Ethiopian woman. Was she a negress? No, for Zipporah, the wife of Moses, was one of the seven daughters of a priest, or Kohen, of Midian, whose name was Jethro. Winchell continues to clearly indicate that the Midianites were Arabians by geography, and of course, Caucasian by race. Moreover, and this is compelling evidence to demonstrate that Zipporah was Caucasian stock. Professor Winchell declares this on page 95. There is not a passage at all conclusive that Cush was African in patriarchal times. In his 500-page book, Professor Winchell examines, among other areas of interest, the origin of the Negroid races. Two major conclusions are worthy of being entered into the record at this juncture. First, Professor Winchell, having traced the poster- posterity of Ham, has nowhere traced them into countries known to have ever been occupied by Negroes. Secondly, regarding the name Cush, Winchell says this, As to the name Cush, I think it is not pretended to furnish any evidence in support of the Hamitic origin of the Negro. Winchell, page 227. In summary, the historical evidence clearly points out that the original posterity of Kush, the Ethiopians, were Caucasian by race and were first post-flood builders of a civilization. The names Kush and Ethiopia were interchangeable, describing the same Caucasian stock that peopled much of Arabia and Central Asia and colonies south of Egypt. The World Book Encyclopedia, Field Enterprises, Chicago, Illinois, in 1960, Volume 5, pages 294 and 295, confirm that the people associated with Ethiopia belong to several language groups, and that most of these groups are descended from the ancient Hamites. Their languages are Hamitic and Semitic in origin. Genesis 10 sets forth the table of nations in the post-flood history of our earth. All of these nations descended from the sons of Ham, including Cush, Mizraim, Foot, and Canaan. These were all Caucasian by race. From Cush came the people that established what is often called Ethiopia, and this vast territory included a good portion of Arabia, Central Asia, from the Persian Gulf, extending north toward the Caucasus. And was Caucasian. At a point in time, Ethiopia or the Kushites incorporated land south of Egypt where Negroids were settled. Modern Ethiopia is wedged in between Sudan and Somalia. Since it is populated by mostly Negroids, most people looking at a map today and reading Numbers 12-1 assume that all Ethiopians were black. Proceeding from this premise, They believe that Moses must have taken a black wife. In truth, the original land of Cush, or Ethiopia, was Caucasian by race. At the time of Exodus, the Midianites occupied a territory from the Sinai Peninsula to the desert and the bank of the Euphrates. From the Cyclopedia of Religious Knowledge, from 1906, page 607. Moses had lived among his Caucasian branch of Abraham's seed and married a woman of nobility, a daughter of Jethro, who invested with the power and influence of being priest. We meet up with the Midianites in a number of Old Testament encounters with the Israelites, including Numbers chapters 22 through 25. About 1296 BC, the Israelites... Under the leadership of Gideon engaged the Midianites in war in Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8. There is a strong indication that a merger of the Midianites into the Moabites was underway as is evidenced by Numbers 22 through 25. The fact that the Midianites occupied territory included in the vast region called Ethiopia explains why the word Ethiopia was used in number 12 1 to describe Moses' wife. This Caucasian woman was called an Ethiopian in a geographical sense in the same way that Moses, an Israelite, was called an Egyptian in Exodus 2 verse 19. Indeed, Moses did not marry a woman of Negroid descent. He married a Caucasian woman of noble ancestry we can gain some idea of the vast extent of ancient Ethiopia from Second Chronicles chapter 14, verses 8-12. The ancient nation of Ethiopia had assembled an army of one million men under the leadership of Zerah to come against Judah. A careful reading of the biblical narrative makes it appear very improbable, indeed, that a one million man army could have been mounted from the area where the present country of Ethiopia is located, between Sudan and Somalia. This massive army was mounted within the territorial perimeters of ancient Ethiopia, not present Ethiopia, as it appears on contemporary maps. The definition of Ethiopia surfaces again in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 39, where a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, from Queen Candace of the Ethiopians, was en route to Jerusalem to worship. This is quite a marvelous story of his encounter with Philip and his conversion and baptism into Christianity. On the basis of this historical event, many Christians leapfrog from this scriptural event and employ it to make the new covenant made with Israel and Judah in Jeremiah 31 verse 31 through 34 include the whole world. With this launching pad in place, many liberal theologians use this as further biblical pretext for the interracial mixing, which ultimately leads to interracial marriage and mixed-race children. This reasoning is historically and biblically faulty. It leads to falsehood and theological error. In truth, Candace, queen of Ethiopia, and the eunuch under her authority were Caucasians, descended from the Kushites, the original Ethiopians. They were not, as many teach, Negroids, from the present country of Ethiopia, sandwiched between Sudan and Somalia in Africa. The scene of history, some two millennia ago, was much different than what we find on our maps today. Queen Candace was not black, and did not rule a black nation. She was Caucasian. The eunuch in question was Caucasian and they were from a portion of Ethiopia that no longer even appears under that name in any modern atlas. Moses did not marry a black woman. Those who use the case of Moses and his wife Zipporah as the premise for promoting interracial marriage do a tremendous injustice to the word of God and to the white and black races. Moreover, God's original design and mark of ownership on every separate and distinct race are destroyed in the process of this mixing. If God had wanted these races to be a conglomerate of whites and blacks, he would have made them so in the beginning. Those who engage in teachings of this kind not only dishonor the Creator, but also inflict terrible harm to God's distinct creation."